Richard last Sunday. We had a house full of people, and um, I just lit up like a Christmas tree after that you know, choir song, and thank you so much. Today, our order already got adjusted a little bit. The young people, we didn't forget about them, just uh, the preacher's eyesight's not too good as I've gotten older, and I skipped right over that section. Um, that's why I'm going to have to get a large print Bible. Uh, I got one Bible that's so little, you got to use a microscope almost to use it. Seriously, I have one, but I can't even read it anymore. Uh, it's just so little. Today, we're going to look at what it means to be an Easter person and to have joy that is complete. Um, and I like this idea. Now, during the time that we have together, I am going to give you uh, something of great wisdom. You children can use this. I have figured out the riddle of why the chicken crossed the road. It dawned on me last night. And I'm going to talk about it shortly, so I'm just giving you a little just primo of what I'm going to talk about. But today we're going to look at uh, 1 John, the first chapter, starting at the second verse. This is John describing what it means to be an Easter person. The life appeared, we have seen it and testified to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you that we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all righteousness. If we claim we do not have sin, we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Dear Lord, open up this scripture to us that our lives may be filled and our joy may be complete. Let us know that our journey is not complete until we reach the other side and we embrace you. Lord, but at this moment, let that joy be complete in what it can be, that we may know your joy here today. In Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Now, I know you're um, probably wanting to know the answer to the riddle of why the chicken crossed the road, and I'll tell you the story of um, how when I was near Tabor City one time, I was going towards Tabor City, and I had a Toyota Avalon I had bought in the mountains right before we moved away from Lake Genalaska. It was a very nice car. I leased it, um, and not really something I'm going to do again, because as I was going down the road, there was this big 18-wheeler that was coming towards me on 701, and uh, I noticed um, there, was a, there, was a, there was a rooster, and he was crossing the road in front of the 18-wheeler, and so I tried to slow down. I couldn't swerve to miss him, and, and um, so I hit him, 
And when I hit him, uh, I didn't think much of it, and I pulled over, and he had collapsed my whole front right side. Toyotas aren't built with very much except plastic and fiberglass. And we're talking $1,200 damage, a rooster. And I knew the insurance company wouldn't believe it, so I took uh, my camera I had at that point, I had a digital camera, and I took pictures of the dead rooster in my car to prove it really happened. And then I knocked on the people's house that the rooster was going towards, and they claimed it weren't their rooster. <laughs> so we're going to get to why the chicken crossed the road. But we got to look at the scripture and help us to understand how do we get to heaven? How do we get there? Well, first, we need to know what life is. Life is not just being alive. Life is just not living. There are people who are alive, technically, (laughs) but they're not really alive. They're the walking dead. They're sad. They're miserable. They're beaten down. They're not only depressed. They have no reason for existence. They just go through the patterns, the motions, time after time. They're not really alive. See, life is something more than just being alive. Life is when we have purpose, we have meaning, we know why we're alive. And the reason we're alive as Christians, as Easter people, is heaven. The reason we're alive is God has something greater planned for us, and that's what this scripture is talking about, this word of life that's being proclaimed. If there's ever a time that the word of life has needed to be preached, it is now because there is so much talk of death in this world we live. I'm just tired of all the negativity and and all the things. Um, Now, last night after I had this epiphany of understanding why the chicken crossed the road, uh, I proceeded to explain to Leona how I had figured it out. And first I started out and I said, you have to understand that I have just uh, had a discovery of monumental proportions. The news crews need to be here because I've just cracked a philosophical question an enigma that has plagued us. And I built it up really good, and Leonie just looks at me and, and like, what? And I said, I have figured out this riddle. And, and then I told her the answer, and then she didn't believe me. She thought it was like a silly answer. She thought it was a petty answer. And so then I spent an hour explaining the merits of the answer, and I won. She finally said, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good answer. <laughs> And I love when I'm right like that. (laughs) Now, um, I was helping her to help me to understand not only the sermon today, but how do we know we're alive? Well, we often realize we're alive when we wonder if we're going to be tomorrow. Health, I've come to discover health health is a big deal. When I was young, I, 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 I didn't, my Lord, I didn't, uh, it's not I didn't care, but I, I tackled a tree one time. Did you know that? I did. I was chasing my cousin. We were playing yard football, and I jumped through the air to tackle him, and he sidestepped me, and I hit a pine tree square on with my shoulder. And you know what? That pine tree did not move. It didn't move one bit, but I laid there, and I hurt, and I grunted, and I groaned, and I tell you, I'm at the point now that nobody makes more noises than me. I grunt and groan, and body parts snap. Health is a big deal. 
I, I was groaning up here earlier. I don't know if you heard me or not. Don't put a mic on me because you'll hear the preacher. See, life is not just being alive, it's living. And that's what Jesus has given us concerning these words of life. The life appears as we've seen it and testified to it. We proclaim to you the eternal life, which is with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you, we have seen it, we have heard it, we have fellowship with it, and our fellowship is with Jesus. When you know Jesus, you become alive. You understand the joy of what life gives. Okay, I might as well give you an answer because y'all want to know. And I'm not going to keep you an hour and explain it to you, but um, the reason the chicken crossed the road. Now, somebody asked earlier, somebody said, get to the other side. That may be true to a degree, but the real reason the chicken crossed the road, Brad's writing notes back there right now, is to the chicken, there was no road. Because what does a chicken have to do with a road? Chicken can't drive a car. Chicken got no purpose. All the chicken saw was just a yard with worms in it. See, to the chicken, the road has no importance. He's oblivious to it. He didn't help make it. He can't drive on it. He don't know what his purpose is. It's just part of where he goes, what he does. To the chicken, the road is not important. It's inconsequential. It has no purpose. So he lives his life. He wakes up every morning. He crows. Do you crow? Some people crow in the morning. It's been known. It's a medical condition, but it's been known. Sometimes you just need to get out of bed in the morning and just crow. Just let out a big crow. Just, just let it out. Wake up the whole house. See, the chicken or the rooster, he crows, and he gets up, and what does he do? He takes care of his business, and then he goes and he hunts his worms and his food, and he's out there in his barn yard, and he sees a worm over there, and there's a big juicy worm over there, and he takes off, and he's walking, and he's going to get the worm, and he notices the ground's a little harder, but doesn't make any difference, and he goes and he gets his worm. He doesn't know he's just crossed a highway. Now, if he sees that highway, he'll get scared. If he sees the cars, he'll get scared. He could live his life looking for cars to run over him, or he could just hunt his worms. Do you see the philosophical genius of what I have just discovered? I am saying it is better to be oblivious in the Lord to be all-knowing on earth. I don't want to know there's an asteroid heading towards me. I want to know my Jesus. <laughs> I don't want to know the day I die and the moment and the circumstances that happen. I want to live my life. I don't want to live in fear of something somebody else made and put in my way. I want to live for what God has made me to live for. In other words, the chicken could care less there was a road. All he cared about is what he was concerned about, his morning meal, his life, and his happiness. He had claimed the life he was given instead of having it taken away by somebody else. And you think about what I'm saying. Is the news taking away your joy? Every single day you 
watch it. We get more depressed. Our nation's in a massive state of depression. Uh, is life taking away your joy? Our world has made it where we're supposed to be happy. We got technology now. We have computers. We have cars. We have self-driving cars. We got airplanes. We got space stations. We're talking about going to Mars. We should be the most happy we've ever been. And America is miserable right now. Just flat out miserable. We have health, we have medicine, we have doctors, we have procedures that should make us better. And we are looking at the road way too much. We just need to go after the worm. John saying that here, saying you got to look at what's important. You got to know what's important in life. What's important in life? Your troubles, your miseries, your sorrows, they're going to come and they're going to come more. Jesus said, don't let the sorrows of tomorrow and the words of tomorrow get you. Think about today and know what you got to do. He's saying, this is the day of salvation. This is the moment. Now, people are saying, well, preacher, are you telling us to live life with blinders on? Are you telling us that we're not supposed to know? I have been in the deep end of the pool of knowledge. I have, I have partaken of its truth and what it says. I have read and read and read. I, sometimes I just wonder. I, I play just Jeopardy, you know. But it means nothing if I do not have purpose in life, if I have not lived life. Sisters and brothers, we have lost sight. Now, you can tell that to your teacher you figured out this. Teacher may give you extra credit or the teacher may send a note home telling you to go see a doctor. I don't know. <laughs> but it's true. Because kids, what do you got to do? You got to go to school, right? When you go to school, there's teachers in school, and there's classrooms, and there's desks, you know. Some little girl the other day found a library book that had the name Blake Shelton in it, and she was so happy because he's like a star, you know, he's like a singer star, and it was his old book from when he was in the eighth grade. She was so happy. So look in your book. You may have a famous person there. You never know. See, go to school. Enjoy yourself. Sit in your desk. Now, when I went to school, we had little desks. We didn't have big desks. You guys got big desks, I bet. Now, the little ones, I had to squeeze in. I had to get into the desk because I was a big boy, a little bit tubby. I don't even know if that's a word anymore. I'll tell you the truth. Those were little desks. There was this girl one time in class. She went to sleep in that little desk. She's a little girl. She was sitting about three rows up. And she went to sleep, and when she did, she tipped over the whole desk and fell over right in class. And everybody laughed. They thought it was funny. I thought it was funny, but I got up and I went and helped her. She was a nice girl. But I didn't think a little girl could tip over a desk because she was too little, even though the desks are little. See, in life, things are going to happen you can't control. Things are going to happen that you don't know what you're going to do. There's going to be moments, there's going to be cars coming down that road, yet how do you live life? Do you not go out? Do you just go back to bed? Do you forget about the worm? Do you forget about the purpose? Or do you go forward not looking at the road, but looking at the destination? And the destination is heaven. And this is how we know it's there. What do you look for? You look for light. I like this. Life, light. You look to the light. You look to the light. You look to the light because the light will give you the answer of direction. You look to the light. 
They said the other day they figured out how the Vikings sailed in their longboats all these places around the world from North America to even the Mediterranean and they sailed in bad weather even when the clouds covered the sun and they think they used a crystal or they called a sunstone to do this and there's a big dispute historically. How did they navigate the waters? How did these Vikings know so much about how to travel when all the world then could barely even get away from their own neighborhood and they think they had a way to see the light even beyond the clouds? because the crystal they use allows them to see the refraction of the light and they see the circles and they can know the direction of the sun and therefore they can sail and it gives them the way to go. Sisters and brothers, we got to look to the light and if there's darkness covering us, we need to find a way to look through the darkness. First poem I ever wrote. I was in the fifth grade. More hits it. We had a portrait contest. I had a poem that popped in my head. Beyond the clouds up in the sky, there lies a city that meets my eyes. The city is made of silver and gold. It has my heart. It has my soul. I a little boy, I wrote that. I was so proud of that. I wrote it down in my little journal, my little book. My daddy, he, he actually rewrote it. <laughs> said it wasn't, you know, proper in some of the ways. And I said, it's beautiful. Mama said, leave it be, George. And he left it be. And I tell you the truth, the poem, it's still, I consider it my best because it gives me a destination of a place beyond the clouds. Not seeing the troubles of this earth, but knowing that light leads the way. Sisters and brothers, there is a darkness that is encroaching us. And it is coming so close to us, and it is taking the soul of this nation and its people away. That darkness is made of malice, and it's made of fear. That darkness is trying to possess us, take over us, and destroy us. But God is shining light. So we got to claim the worm. We gotta beat a chicken. Now, I got my car fixed, the Avalon fixed. They did believe me though, when I did tell Farm Bureau Insurance, they laughed at me on the phone. They honestly thought I was joking and I told them I'm serious, I have pictures, I can prove. Well, the truth is pictures don't really prove anything anymore because we can alter pictures, we can change pictures. But that was a big rooster and I couldn't believe now, 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 somebody did ask me if I took them home and Leona cooked them, and that didn't happen. We're not the Beverly Hillbillies. We don't do that. <laughs> Though, I guess every now and then, if you see something you want to pick up, that's your business. It's not mine. I don't want to meddle. Uh, but I can tell you right now, it's just probably not going to be good. Because things of the world, they may look like they're going to be okay, but when you finally bite into it, you go, no, this, this isn't right. This isn't right. When I saw that Tootsie Row earlier, that, that uh, you know, pop, I started salivating. I got hungry. Did y'all get hungry? I know you did. Your stomach probably rumbling. You're going, man, that thing looks good. Look how good it is. I can't wait to bite in that thing. Mr. Pat, look the other way, please, so I can eat this. But Mr. Pat, he's watching every one of you. He knows what you're doing. He knows what you got in the pocketbook. He can hear that rustling of that paper. He knows that tic-tac makes a little noise. He knows that. He'll hunt it down. See, 
things of the world, they appear so good, but in reality, they're not. They make out they're new and improved, but they're not. They tell us they will help us, but it's like every time they come up with new, something new, it breaks, doesn't work, doesn't live up to the hype, doesn't make the grade. See, in our life, we're called to look at what does work. And what really works in your life? What is working in your life? Well, let's get down to it. Love is. Love is making you happy. When you're in love with somebody, when they're in love with you, when your family loves each other, when you pull the Waltons and every night say, good night, Jim Bob, and you do that, that's a good thing. It's good to be loved. It's good to claim the love of God. See, claim the things that really work. Kindness really works. It may appear that kindness doesn't work right now because we become a rude culture, a rude society. But the truth is kindness still works. Helping the girl up from the fallen desk, helping somebody in what they need to do, coming to church, making a gift, giving, helping. We're doing the food pantry here. We're helping people. Kindness still works. We need to be a kind people, John is saying to the church. When you're kind, you can overcome all things. And imagine the cruel, barbaric world they were living in when he wrote this. When the Romans could execute summarily anybody they encountered for whatever reason. When the world then, it had mass crucifixions and death and life expectancy was low. And they would take children with a handicap or some condition and they would throw them out in the wilderness to be devoured by the beast. It was a cruel, hard world then, yet here comes this faith of kindness where light shines and it's like that candle lit into darkness and people know they want to go to it, they want to go to it, but they're so afraid, they're so scared, and they're so possessed by what's on the road that they think they can somehow get on the road and see if the chicken would have seen what was on the road, he'd have never made it to the other side. See, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, in other words, we claim who we are. And we say, Lord, I can't do this alone. It's true. Children, y'all don't realize how scared we parents are. We're terrified. Old son was like, I'm not scared of anything. Yes, you are. If you got a child... There in Kuwait, you're probably pretty scared. Or in South Korea, oh Lord, you're scared. Or, or in Chapel Hill, you're scared. If you're in Durham, you're more scared. <laughs> Some people scared in Mamers. Did I know I was going to be in Mamers years ago? No, I did not. I had seen it on the map. I thought, what an unusual name. What a strange name. And I should have known God had it already placed for me because he wanted me to come to a place with a name that's so beautiful. See, he has called me to the light and I must go. No ifs, ands, and buts, no questions. Wherever the light leads, I go. I do what he calls me to do. I want to live in the light. See, that is what the Easter person does is we live in the light. And where does that lead us? That leads us to a life of love. 
where we claim the love that's around us. Now, if you think about it, and, and, and this is what I was explaining to Leona last night, and it took an hour to explain. I said, you have to understand that there's a journey here. And, and you start a place, and you go another place, and if you think about it, Jesus is in heaven, it's eternal, he's up there, and he comes down to earth, and it's finite, and, and, and it just only exists for a short time, but he's here to help us to get up there, to go beyond the clouds up in the sky. He's helping us, he's here to heal us, and how he's done it is his medication, his, his solution isn't some inoculation to get rid of our sin on its own abiding force. In other words, this is not about the sin. It's not about our brokenness. It's not about what's wrong with us. It's like a coach going into the team. Boys, you got to realize the only thing stopping you right now is you. You're stopping you. There is no excuse for humanity not having a better world right now. It's pathetic and it's miserable and we need to be upset a poor boy in that school shooting the other day, the one that got shot so many times, he saved a lot of his friend's life. He was from Argentina, soccer player, sort of tall, skinny boy, about six foot one or two, I think, in the picture. And he was coming out of the hospital uh, and they had him in the chair and they were rolling him. And he let out a news release and he said that he blamed, he blamed the school because they knew this other boy was trouble and he blamed the law enforcement because they knew he was a problem and why did they let that monster into the schools? Now people have tried to make it political and they tried to say that he's on one side or the other, but all I know is when the bullets started flying, he didn't run, he ran for his friends and he saved about 25 kids and he took bullets they would have taken. This boy is a hero. See, he chose love. He chose the better way. Because Jesus said, if you lay down your life for a friend, but he said, if you lay down your life even for those, you don't even know how blessed you are in the kingdom. See, love is known only through sacrifice. You didn't get what you got right now by yourself. And don't you dare think it. You got it because your mama and your daddy, they did what they did. I was reading the, uh, I was reading the genealogy of Elvis Presley, thinking maybe I was related to him the other day. Because <laughs> every now and then I sound like I'm in a shower, I really do. I, I can't do it because it wouldn't be right and it just, it would be wrong. Because we're not in the shower, but. And what I found out is that Elvis is, uh, I'm no kin to him, though, on his mama's side, he was a smith, but those smiths were from Mississippi, and we never had nobody from Mississippi in my family. My Lord, have mercy. But he had smiths. His mama, had, she was a smith. And what I discovered was that both of his grandfathers were sharecroppers. Now, y'all know what a sharecropper is, right? Sharecropper doesn't own the farm. <laughs> Sharecropper usually was a struggling family that had to make ends meet. And they had to work hard from sunrise to sunset to make ends meet so their children could have better. See, I was reading this and thinking to myself, here is a man who bought his mama a Cadillac. Some of you have been to his home place, his, his home. 
and we listen to his music, yet he came from humble beginnings. And we realize that he got where he is in his life, that he lived because of the joy being complete. In other words, my joy, his mama said, can only be complete in you having joy. God is saying to us, I do not want you to think this is all. There is more. And my joy is complete when you come home. Say. So perhaps the chicken crossed the road. Not because there wasn't a road or not because he wanted to get to the other side but perhaps because that's where his family was. That's where his joy was. Spring Hill is a place of joy. It lifts us up every time we come, we celebrate life, and the churches God has given us in every community provide a place where we can come and have joy in a world of trouble and sorrows. This is what John says. He says, my dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. Because the reason he don't want you to sin is you won't have joy. It takes away joy. But if anyone does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. So um, I hope you have some chicken today. I hope you enjoy your chicken today. Let us pray. Dear Lord, open up our hearts and our eyes that we may see the light shining about us and live the life you have given to us. Lord, let us know beyond this place there lies a home and voices they call us now and we must journey with a song with Jesus as our star. In Jesus' holy sweet name we pray. Amen. <laughs>